The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I have said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. Well, it seems to me that everyone is so angry these days. It doesn't matter what side you are on politically, left or right. Just turn on any of the, you know, cable news channels and everybody's screaming at each other. It seems like rage is the new normal. And it's a vicious cycle that never seems to end. Scream louder, sink lower, anything you got to do to get the upper hand, right? And from the time that we're small children, when we don't know what to do, what we do is we act out in our frustration and our anger. It's how we think that we can be in control. The strong over the weak, right? We either bully or we get bullied It's got to go somewhere, so it's going to go towards them, others. Or it goes towards yourself. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, but over the last generation or so, there's been this trend of cutting oneself, especially seems to happen among young people. It reveals a darkness and a despair, but in there is also a self-anger and a self-loathing. Rage and pain inside with no way to express it, so I physically harm myself. I try to bleed my pain. Or it can all go towards God. It's as ancient as the woman you put here with me. She made me eat it. Now, in our day and in a rage, we scream, why doesn't God fix this? Why does he allow it? Why, where is he? And why can't he control this mess that he's made? Why do you strike me? Asks Jesus. 
It's not that he doesn't know the answer, right? It's for all the above reasons, but his question is a call to self-awareness. It's much like what God said in the garden. Adam, Eve, where are you? It's not that God didn't know that they were hiding. But what he wanted was for them to realize where they were. Far from him. So why do we strike him? Do we think that we have the upper hand? That we're in the stronger position to enforce our will and to punish God for his mess? Do we strike because we can? Because God became a man with cheekbones that we can punch, lungs that can have the wind knocked out of them, skin we can bruise and break open. God makes himself vulnerable. He puts himself into our hands, and so we strike him? What does this say about us? Why do you strike me? Because he chooses this. Because he lets us do this. He handed himself over to take all that violence and rage and anger and aggression and to place it here on him. Now, when we're sane, we rightly recoil and think, I can't do that to Jesus. I can't raise my hand or clench my fist or pick up that whip or grab the hammer. I can't do that. But he says, go ahead, do it. Get it out. Because he knows this and only this will end it. Jesus is not simply a punching bag for our rage. But something else happens. If he were just a man, then He would just be another weak, helpless, bullied victim, bruised and battered. But this man is God. Only he can absorb it all and it not destroy him. Only he can die from it and live. And his resurrection is a new way forward. A way that does not need revenge. A way that can calm the rage within us. As Peter said in the first reading, we can suffer, and yes, we can even suffer injustice and violence, but not meaninglessly. We can suffer with hope, knowing that this is not all there is. We need not fight back. This is the way to forgive and to be forgiven. When we feel like we must punch someone or something, after all, how many of us in A fit of rage have punched a hole in a wall or maybe broken bones in our hands. Or when we have that dark urge to harm ourselves, we can hand it over. He, the God beaten, absorbs it. And his resurrection undoes the cycle of vengeance and violence. And so a simple image comes to my mind. A small child, kicking, screaming, swinging in rage. And a loving father, 
wrapping that out-of-control child in his strong arms, absorbing the blows, perhaps painful, but he's big enough to take it, and loving enough not to strike back, for that would destroy that child. And soon the child stops fighting and crying and comes to calm rest in the arms of that father who never lets go. Let's prayerfully sit with that image just for a moment.